0: Welcome to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles Podcast, where we highlight and share the stories of African-American women who are 30 plus, child free, wonderfully made, and live in their best life. Remember, womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. This is Dr. Angela L. Harris, your host. Come join me as we get comfortable and cozy with no bibs, no burps, no bottles. Stay tuned. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited to have you joining me for another episode of No Bibs, Burps, Bottles, the stories of African-American women without children. I am your host, Dr. Angela L. Harris, also known as Dr. Sarah, and we have a special guest in the studio today. A lot of the other guests have been by phone call, but I'm so glad to have a guest in the house with me. So I want to tell you a little bit about my guest, and you guys are going to be so excited to hear from her. She is a therapist, professor, and a speaker. She was born and raised in Miami, Florida, and currently lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. She earned her undergraduate and master's degree in psychology from Florida A&M University and a doctorate degree in marriage and family therapy from Florida State University. Currently, my guest, she works centers around helping people heal from loss, trauma, grief, and life transitions. Over the last few years, my guest has become interested in Black maternal mental health and supporting women of color and those who support them, specifically midwives and doulas. My guest loves to travel and experience new things. She enjoys African dance, yoga, gardening, making jewelry, and sewing. Please help me welcome my guest, Dr. Faith Troop. Woo-hoo! I wish we had like <laughs> bells and right. whistles and like things but, that come from the sky. But we'll just pretend that it's all here. But awesome. I'm so excited to have you, thank you thank Dr. Truth, And because we know each other, I'm just going to say my sister girl, Faith. But I also want to <laughs> make sure that I'm given proper respect where it's due in regards to the heart it. So welcome, welcome, welcome. So we're going to get right into things in That's regards it. to talking about this wonderful child free life, mm-hmm. the ups, the downs and everything in between. So Faith. How would you describe today, in this moment, being 42, child-free, African-American, how would you describe your life today?
1: (laughs) Um, I mean, it's full, uh, work Mm full-time, um, and I get to travel, I mean, my life, honestly, my life is what it is at this point. So I work, I hang out with my friends, it's, um... Sometimes busier than I'd mm-hmm. like it to be, I mean, but I think that that's true for most people, right? Um, in the sense of just creating that work-life balance. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, my life is family, friends, work, mm-hmm. uh, doing the things that I love and mm-hmm. enjoying life. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing a sense of freedom
0: to be able to come and go as you please, do what you want?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's always been that. Okay. Um, thankfully I, I mean not so much in my childhood but as an adult i've taken this perspective that life should be as free as we make it as we need it to be but mainly what we make it mm-hmm. and so um where i have grown and learned is it's just been do the things that I, that make me happy
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. um so yeah there's freedom with that um uh, but it's it's that self-defined freedom. So like some people hmm. will look may look at my life and say, "Man, you got a lot of structure. You're always busy." Um, like I hear that sometimes uh, hmm. from my family, mm-hmm. and sometimes that it makes it weird for them to try to reach me because mm-hmm. they're not sure if I'm gonna be free. Uh, which is funny because whenever they call them, I usually answer them. <laughs> uh, but in their mind, it it looks like I'm not free. But so it's self defined freedom, okay. right? Okay. So it's that um, that living life fully based on my terms.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I was very excited to have you on because again we both are child free without children um there's a lot of ways in which we can define ourselves right. but you also um have this um deep rooted interest and passion working with um women who are expecting right. in regards to um being helping you know women who are pregnant being mm-hmm. a midwife doula mm-hmm. so can you tell a, can you tell our audience a little bit about that experience okay. and and what it entails
1: Right so um wow Prior to moving to Charlotte, I lived in Tallahassee, Florida. And one of the things that I really appreciated about being there was that I felt like a part of family, Mm -hmm. right? So it didn't matter whether they were my friends um, or not, their children knew me as auntie Mm -hmm. or mama, uh, mama Shango Yami, which a lot of the kids now adults, wow, uh, referred to me. So Mm -hmm. it was always a situation where, even though my friends were having children, they were married, like I would easily incorporate myself into their homes because I was, you know, it was always welcome. It was always inviting. And so when I moved to Charlotte, it was um, important to me to make and build relationships, Mm -hmm. if you will. And so one of the things that through my work as a marriage and family therapist, is really just understanding that sometimes life transitions like motherhood, like mm-hmm. becoming a wife, becoming somebody's husband, um, becoming an older adult of mm-hmm. an aging parent, right? All of those things impact us. And so, in my work and being able to support people, I found that women mm-hmm. um, struggled more than we discussed out in public Mm. socially Mm -hmm. with becoming a mother. And so, and it didn't really matter the the stage of the, um, the mother who I was working with per se. So I could have a mother who had just had children, or I could have a mother who has adult children Mm -hmm. or is in her second marriage and getting ready to have adult children as well as younger children, Mm -hmm. you know? So what I realized is that women struggle with being mothers, while also fulfilling the other roles they had. And to me, that was like, oh, wow, that's something that I could do to help women. And that kind of morphed into this really gaining an understanding around some of the statistics around Black maternal health Mm -hmm. in general, right? So looking at some of the death rates, the um, health complications, Mm -hmm. right, as it related to just women of color and maternal health. And I'm like, man, I wonder if what this looks like from the mental health perspective. Well, mental health and physical health, Mm -hmm. they all come together, right? So stress shows up in many ways for all of us. And so I started to partner with, um, I actually didn't even partner with her at first. Um, I met a doula for Darling who was in the Charlotte area who was hosting a video around midwives. And I want to say it was like Mississippi, Mm -hmm. but I think it was in the U S but, um, the documentaries focused on like just the history of midwifery in the black community and how that is how we supported raised cultivated healthy babies in our in our um in our communities in our neighborhoods and so just looking at that and i was like man surely as a mental health professional i could be of some help, of mm-hmm. some something and I thought that I wanted to be, I did want to be a doer and God knows in my next life I would love to <laughs> Um, and so from there I met with her and I was like, you know, I really want to be able to support you in your work around you know, just us having healthy moms and then healthy children mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. our communities and she uh, is genuinely committed to you know, maternal health and so I wanted to support her in that and so she brought me in to help her with her doula trading program. Mm-hmm. And I go in, I provide some, uh, some knowledge around just mental health, what that looks like, what complications they may see as a doula in the home. Because I mean, you're in commu- people's communities, mm-hmm. ultimately, mm-hmm. like you're in their house, you're in their living room. And so I wanted to be able to provide them with just some information around what they could look for, what resources they could help, you know, find and help to support their mothers. And through that work, it just morphed into, you know, one of my passions being Black maternal health Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and looking more specifically at not just supporting women who are mothers, but also those women who support them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and men, because God knows there are many fathers out there who are also dealing with the transition of becoming a parent. But it just seemed to be an all-encompassing thing, Mm -hmm. you know, that that work that comes out of just being around people and understanding that, you know, as Black women, but as women in general, but as Black women, we have so many, like, expectations, Mm -hmm. right, placed on us that Mm -hmm. when we then look at motherhood, it's like, well, shoot, you should be, like, the best mom ever. Or you should be able to handle a full-time job and be the best mom mm-hmm. ever without complaining, mm-hmm. right? Or without struggling. And so um, that's where that came from. So yeah. it was just so much. Like it was, it just it was so much, and I really wanted to be able to help mm-hmm. ultimately.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a good journey, and right. just it seems really interesting to be, like you said, in in the midst of the mm-hmm. community really supporting a woman through that journey. Right. So it kind of, um, had me think of another question. So again, you yourself being Mm -hmm. without children and then really being in the midst of a woman who is about to have a child Mm -hmm. or thinking about having a child. Um, are there any things that are brought up for you emotionally, Mm -hmm. spiritually, as you see yourself child free, Mm -hmm. but helping another woman become a mother?
1: I mean, at least not yet. I'll say that. Um, only because I think what, well, let me put it this way. I don't personally, I, and I'm a, I'm answering this based off of my assumption of what you're asking mm-hmm. me. Um, I don't have an emotional tug or me only because as a therapist, like there's, th- there has to be mm-hmm. that kind of a, a separation. Now there, had you asked me this maybe 15 years ago? Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I have a different answer, but when I first started working as a therapist out in community, because I've always done community work, like Mm -hmm. I've always been that person who was in people's homes and things like that. I was working with children. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so my, when I started working with children, I realized quickly that in order for me to really help children, I had to work with their parents. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have that emotional kind of, uh, I'm missing something cause I, I don't know, you know, and that's off of the assumption of what you're asking me. I don't have that because at the end of the day, I know we all doing the best we can mm. with what we got. Yeah, think that right. <laughs> right? Amen. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, mm, you know, we all doing the best we can with what we got. And in this moment, I'm here present to support this person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah.
0: Okay. not so much yeah yeah yeah. so how about we talk a little bit about just your your earliest recollections of either wanting children Mm -hmm. or not wanting children
1: right so um i don't know if i no, i've had i was going to say i don't i've never had a moment where i didn't want children but i've often had moments where i didn't want children Um, (laughs) unfortunately they were in the midst probably uh, eight times out of ten, around children who I wouldn't have wanted to have as my children, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is not a hard thing to do when my work early was around working yeah. with children with yep. behavioral issues, mm-hmm. right? So, um, that's normal. That's that's different. But, um, so upon graduating, so I graduated high school at seventeen and started at fam, um, famu. On the highest of seven hills in Tallahassee, Florida. Is, home of the rap Shout out. Yes. Um, not shameless plug. um I assumed that I would be married and have children by 28.
0: Hmm.
1: Right. So I lived, you know, I went to college and I always knew that I wanted to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. So I knew that, um, I knew I wanted to get my PhD when I was, like 14, 15. Wow. In high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I had an awesome band director who would often challenge us to genuinely consider what we wanted our future to be, Mm -hmm. you know, and then go for that. And so, um, knowing what my life was like, I really wanted to be able to help children. And so, the thing was, you go to college. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that whole go to college, find your husband thing. Mm. But, um, you know, it was go to college, get through it, get your PhD. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be 16 years of school. <laughs> um, in my, You know, in my mind, I'm thinking it's going to take this long to do this. Um, but I knew that then that that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so with that came in the storyline that by 28, mm-hmm. I would. I'd be married and have my first kid right mm-hmm. here.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And forty two today.
1: Right. And forty two today. At twenty eight I was in grad school working on my PhD. Okay. And I had no husband potential. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, there there was no man on available. I was in the uh Speak real hood, right? (laughs) Not hood, but be you, right? So there was no men on deck Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for for a potential husband and or father quality. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I had friends, but nobody I was trying to marry, nobody I was trying to have children with, and so um, it's like, okay, this ain't happening. Mm -hmm. But then thirty came. Mm. What happened at thirty? Tell it. So 30 was so I graduated, I graduated from Florida State in 08. So that was 12 years ago. So it was about that was I had just turned 30, um, or turning 31 that year. And I was like, Holy crap, this this whole baby thing <laughs> might not happen. Ooh. Right. So um there was this kind of tension. Now, mind you, while I'm also working on a PhD and I'm getting through grad school, I have gone through t- two initiations in the Yoruba tradition.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: And so... There's some things that, you know, you, you that comes with the process of going through grad school mm-hmm. that is already like, oh, dear God, like mm. I don't have time for nothing else. But then because my... My destiny is for me to be a priest and to work this and to do this work of helping people heal. Um, That was my focus. I didn't know that that was going to mean I probably wouldn't have time nor attention Mm. to genuinely like pursue. So I never, never got out there and was like, let me find my husband. Mm -hmm. It was more so, well, I'm working on this school thing and I know I have my priesthood that I'm focused on and. I hope he comes along, mm-hmm. right? And somehow
0: just kind of just, it all will just come together. It'll
1: all come together, um, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. And so there came a moment, and I, I don't even remember what the age was, and maybe I have this conversation with myself every year, but it was, girl, you better live your life. Mm-hmm. And so there was never a moment where it was, I'm intentionally not going to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I was intentional around not having children alone. Gotcha. Right. Um, because I know that I'm a go getter, and I know that um, I have dreams beyond sometimes what people can imagine for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I would need help. I wasn't willing to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm. I'm like even now I'm like man, I could adopt some kids, but in my mind that means I'm gonna get my homegirls to. To do some co-parenting with Mm -hmm. me, you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So I don't plan Mm -hmm. on doing it by myself. Um, But yeah, I just my life came became this childless reality Mm -hmm. and this married less husband less real, you know, reality. Mm -hmm. And so with that came the reality that I still need to enjoy it. Yeah, you You still Mm -hmm. right. Children aren't gonna. Children are great. Hey, um, (laughs) but. I I didn't want to not live Mm -hmm. like that. That wasn't an option.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And I didn't want to sacrifice my happiness. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that because I'm just and there's so many women. I think that has gone. They they have gone through that experience of having this plan like 25, 28, 30. It must happen. And I hear you saying that you were living life, grad school, Uh, pursuing other passions and you look up and 42 and you realize that plan at 28 didn't happen at 30. It didn't happen 35. So is, has there been a sense of mourning or have you been? Oh God. Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm Mm -hmm. a strong believer because of, um, I will not say this applies to everybody, but I know that for me, one of the things about life and allowing me to continue as a priest, as a therapist is that I, strongly believe in grief work Mm -hmm. and sometimes people assume that grief means you know mourning someone's death Mm -hmm. but a lot of times grief is about mourning the dream that's Mm -hmm. lost right so i've done a lot of work around and every year i do it i mean every year every few months um there are times where i go into myself and genuinely like work on the stuff that and identify the stuff so that I can bring it up and out and work through it. The stuff that I'm like, hell, I didn't know that this was gonna be my path because mm-hmm. I really thought I was going <laughs> right. Uh-huh. But I really ended up deviating off of that path at some point. And you need to mourn that. Yes. Just so that you can live fully, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so I've committed myself to that. It's hard work, but
0: mm-hmm. so you 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 mentioned that there's maybe there was a period where you said, "Okay, I can still have this." So I'm older. The plan didn't mm-hmm. happen the way I wanted to, but I'm 42, and there's still this opportunity. If I want to be a mother, that I can go these um explore these options. Right. So have you seriously explored these options, or they just came
1: and went? You mentioned adoption. Right. Um. Have I seriously considered? It makes me smile and laugh <laughs> but with all like sincerity because um. I remember I have a aunt uh, who I love to death. Um, she had, years ago, like shortly after I moved to Charlotte, probably she was like, "Well, if you plan on having some children, you might want to like get get on the program." And my godmother, who uh, she is, she is one of these women who she will create the possibilities. She will manifest. You'd be like, "Well, how did you do this?" Mm-hmm. Um. She was like, I mean, if you want a baby, just have one. Like, grab <laughs> somebody, have a baby, and, you know. And I was just like, yeah, but that wasn't my plan, mm-hmm. right? So did I seriously consider other options? Not seriously. Mm-hmm. Because I already knew um, that I know from my own upbringing, being around my sisters, my stepsisters, the women in my life, mm-hmm. that being a mother is difficult. So I didn't need to test those waters mm-hmm. to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that it was more, and maybe, not maybe, the truth of the matter is my personal development was worth more than me bringing a child mm-hmm. to the world. Mm-hmm. My personal healing was more, worth more than me bringing a child to the world who I could not fully help be their best selves. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I don't, like, did I ever think about it? Seriously, probably Probably not be mm-hmm. in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were relationships that I've been in with men where I was just like, you know, well, you know, you, you have the conversation around children. So you have the conversation like, well, you, you know, have you ever thought about having any more children? Mm-hmm. You know, because most of the men that I've dated have had children. Um, and so you have that conversation from an honest place. But it never, I mean, I ain't with them. So, mm-hmm. it never you know, it never goes beyond just those initial kind of conversations of saying, hey, what could this be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a long time.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So that leads me into the dating, the dating. and being child free and dating. So <laughs> mm-hmm. um, wh- where do you stand on that? You know, in regards to um, is there a certain age if a, if a man has a child? Mm-hmm. Um, if a man says, hey, I like you, but I want children. Like, just tell me about navigating those kind of conversations.
1: I never say never with honest, like with the, just the, like a um, standing. No, I do. There are certain things I am never trying to do. But as it relates to dating, at this point in my life, like, are you asking if somebody came into my life and said, I want a child? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if they have children, you know, people have their age limits. Yeah, I, I mean, so when I was young, because I, I grew up in Miami mm-hmm. and not everybody, but a lot of people had children. Young, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So your friends easily could have had children. Mm-hmm. I mean, my sister had a child at 14. And mm-hmm. so in my mind, I always prepared myself to be with somebody who had children, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it um that's what being around teenage parents how it impacted me. I just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I, I didn't cancel that out as mm-hmm. an option. Let me put it that way. Um, so that's always been a possibility. If somebody came along now and said they wanted me to have a child, I'm 42. Mm-hmm. So um, we would have to have a lot of conversation mm-hmm. around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not so much because, well, major reasons mm-hmm. being my health. Um, I know I'm a healthy person, but... I do know I'm not crazy. By one shot and I do know that the older you get, mm-hmm. the more risks there are. Just with your background as well. Right. Yeah. So um I'm not I've never been for been like if a man came into my life now and was like, Well, let's do a vitro, I'd be Really? <laughs> Like that, I would, that would be my initial. Like, I would have to really, like, I would have to, like, really, 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 <laughs> <laughs> really, really love you. Uh-huh. Um, but I, you know, and it's, it's, yeah, it's just some things like right now, I'm like, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know about that. But w- if he said adopt, man, yeah, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but me actually physically having children, I don't, I don't know about that. But yeah, I mean, children, I mean, he'd have to come along. A lot <laughs> he of got to
0: step to the plate with a
1: yeah, with a lot, yeah, <laughs> with a lot. Like uh-huh. if he's out there and you happen to hear this podcast, <laughs> you know, just know that don't come <laughs> with that time foolery. A public
0: service announcement to all the
1: men out there, right, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, no, it will require you know, mm-hmm. it requires genuine, not not potential. Mm-hmm right you you have to be you have to come stepping up to the game to 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 the plate ready to play ready to do that um and demonstrating that from the beginning mm-hmm. and um
0: cuz some would say 42 i mean there's a lot of uh you know older sisters that are having babies and so it's possible so a man could present that if they wanted to be a father or wanted a child
1: with you no 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 that's Mm -hmm. that's possible the the good thing about being around women who work with um, mothers expecting mothers and new mothers is that I've had the pleasure of meeting a few women who've had babies later Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not against it Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that for me (laughs) Because <laughs> it's all about what they what I want. Yeah, what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but seriously, like that—that that would require a lot more conversation than yeah. theory, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely, and a lot more action mm-hmm. than talking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, yeah, okay. And plus, yeah, in my a lot, I, w- I would have to be in a situation where I would have to do less. Mm. I, mm-hmm. I would I would be doing less work.
0: Because your life shifts when you make that decision. Yep, yeah. Definitely.
1: Yes. Definitely. Yes. And I, and that's the other thing. I never wanted to be the type of mother who couldn't be present. Mm-hmm. Which I knew with grad school, with work, like, that's what comes with that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like those types of things, like, I would want a helpmate, not mm-hmm. just somebody who's going to provide DNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You're right so. about
0: that. Yeah. So when you are dating or dates that you've had in the past mm-hmm. or even just potential dates, um, I know I've, I've talked to a few guests and especially when you are living your life and mm-hmm. it, it's you can come and go as you please mm-hmm. dating someone who has maybe a newborn or someone newborn. who's poor. So, so is, there, is there is there limits for you? <laughs> like, are you are you open to being stepmommy? How how involved would you want to be?
1: That is funny. Um, real talk, I have a client who I always think of her because she's she makes me laugh on my inside. Um, because she has a cutoff age where she starts to refer to the child as "that's not her" because she has two children. Mm-hmm. Um, they fresh babies. That's mm-hmm. what she says. <laughs> like you got a fresh baby. <laughs> the newborn is a fresh baby. Yeah. And fresh babies come with fresh issues. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I don't know about that. To me, that will require a little bit of development of the person,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, him, not me, mm-hmm. um, for prior to us even really being able to date, but am I open to being a stepmom? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: I mean, but the thing is, is that I'm not, I don't advocate stepmom becoming mom unless the mom is not present.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, say more, say a little bit more about that. What do you mean by
1: that? I had a stepmother who had four daughters Mm -hmm. and she was the best woman that, you know, as a stepmom that anybody could want for, Mm -hmm. because she would, it's almost like her love was just like pouring off of her. And when I think about it now, I'm like, how did she have it to give? Cause Mm -hmm. it was her four girls and my dad had three, Mm -hmm. but the home was always, you know welcoming and she always made us helped us feel like genuinely loved but never once did i ever feel like she tried to outdo my mom
0: gotcha okay
1: right so she was the type of woman who would you know you need to you need to spend time with your mom and you know you would she would never get in between that mm-hmm. you know she allowed my dad and my mom to still be our parents but she was an awesome person, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, to me, I would, would want to in some way replicate that um, as a stepmom to be an awesome stepmother, mm-hmm. but not be the mother, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and still allow for that. Cause um, I mean, I'm not crazy. I still know that children need their mothers. Definitely. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. so
0: it sounds like your stepmom was awesome because I think sometimes that's Hard for some women to navigate, depending yeah. on the relationship and right. trying to be number one, but mm-hmm. also recognizing this child that is not yours, il- unless the parent has passed away, right. or they're just not available, right. that they do have a mother and actually encouraging that type of relationship. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we talked a little bit about dating. I'm curious to know, and I, I know a little bit more, but if you can maybe share with our audience, um, you know, family, friends, aunties, cousins, being child-free, have you ever experienced any pressure? So at any points in your life or even now, kind of like, when are you going to get married? Why mm-hmm. don't you have kids? You should have done this earlier. Like, did you experience any pressure? Um,
1: I, I think the, the most amount of pressure may have come which it wasn't like a, you got to do this type of a thing, but it was a, if you want to do this, like you might want to get started. <laughs> like the aunt said, get on the bandwagon. Right. Like, we need to start right. this now. <laughs> um, As far as my, both of my parents. So my mother passed when I was 13. Mm-hmm. So I did not have that type of push, you know, to, uh, from her to marry and have children. Um, and then my father he was around but he wasn't really so you know his thing was when he was available you know he just wanted me to be happy okay type of a thing and so he didn't want me to settle and so there wasn't that like pressure that i hear people experiencing Mm -hmm. um from their families in that sense um i think honestly the most of my oppression may have come from myself Hmm. when i you know, when I was genuinely like, holy crap, like, I ain't got no kids. Like, what the hell's going on? Um, But, like, my friends, like, they all, I mean, they know me well enough to know, well, if there's nobody around for us to have no kids with, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's not that kind of outward pressure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to have children. I think my father, before he passed, uh, six years ago now, um... Maybe he would have wanted me to have children, but I think he would have wanted, he wanted me to have children for me,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, so that, you know, I would have had children, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, he, my mom and my dad, I don't think they could have applied pressure even if they wanted to, Mm -hmm. um, only because like my dad, when I was, I was in grad school still, he, um, We, at times we would have like conversations about our upbringing and, you know, one day he was just like, you know, I told you, mama, I didn't want no kids. Mm. Right. So, but you got three of us and actually they (laughs) had four. My, the sister in between me and my middle sister uh, was born, born. Mm stillborn, And so I'm considered like a rainbow child. That's what they call them now. The child born after. A death,
0: Ooh, I never heard that term. Yeah,
1: I had neither, but um, with my work with maternal mm-hmm. mental health, you learn these things. But um, yeah, he didn't want children, and my mother, she was a nurse and she did not have time to have raised children, hmm. and so I learned, I learned as an adult. That that's not the type of parent that I want to be. So that type of pressure for me being a parent wasn't really. It mm-hmm. wasn't. You know, it wasn't a thing. One because my my mother was had deceased. Was deceased by then, and my father wasn't really around like that to be able to apply that type of pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So,
0: wow. So, I. I feel like I want to acknowledge like the reaction that I had, because I don't know in the moment if you had the same one that I just had Mm -hmm. to hear from a parent. I told your mama that I didn't want you. Right. And your siblings. And then you have three. Right. So what do you. So what happened? What happened? You didn't want kids. Mom was working. I mean, so how did three daughters happen? I mean. We know how it we happened. We know sex happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because that's that's pretty
1: strong to tell your daughter that I didn't want you. It It is. And he I don't even think he was intoxicated at the time. But I think that that was his truth. Mm. Well, I mean, I know it was because my dad wasn't around. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he spent a lot of my life in jail or in prison or you know, I know there was a brief time when he was homeless or, you know, he just in the military, you know, but he wasn't present like that. And so I believe him when he said that. And, you know, I, <laughs> there was a part of me that felt bad for him because I believe that he didn't want children. And I know and not knowing not knowing my mother as an adult. Mm. Like, I can only see her from, you know, my child experiences watching her move. She might have wanted children, but she wasn't present to raise children, you Mm. know? And so... uh, Yeah. It's one of them situations where, you know, even as an adult, you're like, man, I don't know. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. (laughs) Which, I mean, I, I tell people that even now, it's like, I don't know... I don't know what they were thinking, but I read, I just read this book, um, Sister Mine, I think, uh, but the author kind of conveyed that sometimes women have children with the intention of having babies, but not with the thought and the forethought of being a mother. Mm. And so to me, that's kind of how I looked at my parents. Like my dad, he wasn't really about that life, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but my mom wanted children wanted babies wanted wanted little people
0: yeah yeah
1: but hadn't put a lot of thought into how she was gonna raise Mm -hmm. those people
0: because little people they become
1: yeah or we all have needs or you know they they have needs that you don't meet Mm -hmm. right and so um yeah that just wasn't an option Mm -hmm. you know so that that type of Situ- that that whole dynamic for me created uh, the reality that, you know, my dad did the best that he could. They both, even in my mom's absence due to her death, I realized that they both did the best that mm-hmm. they could. And I wasn't willing to pass that on. Mm. Generation. Right. Mm-hmm. So that generational patterns, some people call them generational curses. Curse. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't willing to, to continue that. And so I definitely wasn't willing to like, just, well, let me just have this baby Mm -hmm. or
0: with someone who may or may not be present. Why you wanted
1: the context of a family. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. No, it it all comes together, which is why I know that, um, at some point, even though it felt like an unconscious decision, it was a very intentional decision to not have children on my own. Mm -hmm. I just was not willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I just weren't willing Mm -hmm. to do that.
0: Wow, thanks for sharing that because a yeah. lot of times it could be hard to kind of go back to that moment in time where someone said something that really kind of changed the course of how we may right. view life and do things differently. No, there were quite a few moments like that. But um
1: <laughs> no, um there there were moments and there were moments with my with my father more so than with my mother that you had to accept the persons that they were. mm mm-hmm. Mhm even before I was born. Like I had to accept that these are the people who decide to come together and make us. Mm. And so- Which is
0: out of your control, obviously. Right, right,
1: right. right. But so like, that's the other thing. So in the Yoruba tradition and in a lot of traditional African traditions, it is believed that children choose their parents prior to coming to this earthly plane. So the spirit of your child is kind of like, in my mind, this is how I visualize Mm -hmm. it, right? You got options. Mm -hmm. And my spirit said, I needed to come into this earthly plane through these two people. Mm -hmm. Knowing. Not me knowing (laughs) on a conscious level, right? But me knowing on a spiritual level that through them, I would live my divine destiny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So... It is. It is what it is. (laughs) You know, it is what it is, but it's my decision to, now that I'm fully aware that these were my parents and these are my options, I I had options. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. So I chose Mm -hmm.
0: what I chose. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you again for sharing that. You're welcome. Um, so I'm curious to know, um, about your personal thoughts, views about society Media, print, commercials, TV mm-hmm. about child-free African-American women? Like, what comes to mind? Like, do you see images of you? Do you hear stories about you and your lifestyle?
1: Um, I feel like I do, but most of them are like the auntie, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, well, it's not a lot, right? But I do, what I see myself through story is through the women who make choices Mm -hmm. and have choices Um, through the women who decide. I mean, you know, you make the decision to do something. It's like having a podcast about Mm -hmm. women who are child free. Like, what the hell is she thinking? (laughs) But you do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's how I see myself Um, because I don't have children, but I don't think that that's our only story. Right. And so, you know, I'm blessed to be around people who see me and see what I bring to the table and know that it doesn't have to be children. Mm
0: -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. So through media print and, you know, fortunately I don't get into a lot of that, uh, social media stuff because I do know that underneath that is that there are a lot of people struggling to be parents. Mm, Yes. So, um, yeah, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I have, I have that, uh, I feel like I have that balance of, okay, this is what gets put out socially and what's socially acceptable Mm -hmm. for women to be and do. But I also know that this is reality Mm -hmm. and that it has, it's multifaceted. Mm -hmm. It is, um, many different options, pieces that really come together to create women, Mm -hmm. you know, so Mm -hmm. we ain't gotta be one thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because we're already multiple.
0: Yep, exactly. (laughs) And that's what this experience, your story, my story, um, the stories of African-American women without children. We come to the table um, bringing so many parts of ourselves. And there's just this one piece that says, "Okay, right now in this given time, I'm child free without children. But that doesn't mean that our life is unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. um, and, And that's why we're celebrating you today. Right. Oh. So um, I want to go back to your experiences being a priestess. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you almost kind of have your your foot in both worlds of being mm-hmm. a child free woman, but really um, kind of seeing the experiences. And you talked about, you know, that there are some women mm-hmm. who want to be mothers, but they're having a difficult time. right? And so how do you help? Can, can you share a little bit about how do you inspire, motivate, mm-hmm. encourage as you Um, are a priestess and a mental health professional. Mm -hmm. What does that look like?
1: What does it look like to support women who are are already parents, who are already struggling, trying to be mothers? So (laughs) usually how I work with women and couples, right around preparing for having children is that I genuinely encourage them to take on the life that they want. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right. So, and and sometimes that's difficult Because I think the external Message is from society That until you Have children like You should be Waiting mm-hmm. Like right your life should be on hold Type of a thing and it's like no so like What do you want this family To look like mm-hmm. What Start working that out now like mm-hmm. live That life now so that When child comes baby Comes that you're ready Mm -hmm. right so you prepare your life for this you um consider what it is that you want to give to this child what it is that because what i find sometimes is that they prepare for the birth it's kind of like when couples come to me for couples therapy or marital Mm -hmm. counseling they plan for the wedding Mm -hmm. right so parents will plan for the birth but they don't think about, okay, well, how stressful is this thing going to be just to conceive, right? Or how am I? Go- how is my life going to change now? So I try to work with couples around reducing stress, mm-hmm. right? And cre- so that's what I mean by creating a life. So if you work in 60, mm-hmm. 70 hours, you know, people nowadays have a full-time and a part-time. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, how, how will a baby come into that situation? And then- when will you have the energy, you know, to even enjoy your, your partner so that y'all can come together and create this child, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I do really try to support couples around that work and really understand. And then I don't define that for them. They define it and I support them with that. Right. Um, when it comes to parents who already have children, sometimes what happens with once the child is here again Things don't shift in your relationships just because you had a child. If things were not good, Mm -hmm. the child being present doesn't make it better like overnight, right? So, or make the fact that you have a very stressful job less stressful, right? So those types of things are sometimes what I have to work around couples or parents with young parents or Mm -hmm. first time or new parents, if you will, because the other thing is, is that we have such high expectations for ourselves. So like, you know, it's, it's like the, the parents who think that they should be able to work a full-time job, come home and have all this energy, (laughs) right. To love on, Mm -hmm. dote on. You know, and be excited because you got a child to go home to. It's like, no, I'm exhausted. and I wish this child would just go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, and the guilt that comes with that and the shame that comes with having those feelings that people don't feel comfortable expressing. So the other side of that is really working with parents around not taking on so much guilt and shame related to being a parent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. And so um, any way that I can support them and a lot of times it is around just accepting and showing self-compassion that, you know, anytime you question whether or not you're doing a good job as a parent, you probably on the right path. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's what I try to get parents to see because it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was talking to another guest and um, it was a brief conversation about the jobs that we do and how um, working with parents In a college setting, a question could come up. like, Do you have kids? Right. You know, we're talking about their son and daughter who might have disciplinary issues or whatever. Does that come up in your work? You know, like, are there questions like you're trying to counsel me, Mm -hmm. but do you have kids? And how do you deal with that?
1: So I learned quickly working with children in their homes and parents in their homes. Mm -hmm. um, How to, maybe I would like to believe it was quick. Um, Let me put it that way. On how to deal with that because... I was fresh out of grad, out of undergrad, so I'm like 22, 23 going mm-hmm. into people's homes. At that point, I definitely didn't have any kids, <laughs> right? And so um, every now and then, you know, I would get the parent that would, upon first meeting me, they'd ask, well, do you have any kids? And I like, no. Let's proceed. Right, right. <laughs> but the thing is, is yeah, to me, it's more so in how you carry yourself because um, people are going to ask that because they're going to want to know you, ex- right? Mm-hmm. So I don't take that as a, I used to take it as a, well, how can you, but like even when um, couples come, right? And they want to know if I've ever been married, right? No, but I've been in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So, but what does that have to do with this current situation? <laughs> you know, the yes. two of you, you know, type of thing. <laughs> So I realized that sometimes people need to know that information so that they can feel like there's some connection between us. Be- beyond that, it doesn't make me any more skilled They're not, or not skilled because mm-hmm. I've been around enough children to know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, to know some things. God knows I don't know everything because there are some stuff that I'm even like, oh, God, <laughs> like how are we going to deal with that? Um, Make you clutch your pearls, mm-hmm. kind of thing, but um, no, I mean, it happens, but I mean, I think the same is true for when people ask me about whether or not I've ever been married, mm-hmm. like this, right now, yeah. And no, no,
0: but I have the degrees and the years to show you that I can right. do this work, right? You know, and I try, <laughs>
1: I try not to uh, to pull the degree, <laughs> I try not to pull the PhD card because you know, sometimes, of course, um, in my regular dealings. In the community, like most people probably don't even know that I have a PhD, Mm -hmm. only other than the fact that they've either seen me do something or something like that. But I very rarely use that, Mm -hmm. right? Even other than like, because I I like to be referred to as Dr. Faith Mm -hmm. um, versus my full name. Um, And that comes from even when I was working in homes, like my clients would call me as Faith. And so, or, you know, my friends' children would call me mama, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like I, that, that came because that's something that I wanted. Not so that I can like whip it out when I felt disrespected. Don't get me wrong. Every <laughs> now and then. you day, have to. Every now <laughs> and then, you know, you have to lead with it. But no, um, it's, it, it just comes with it. But I, I think that comes with working with people. People want to know what you, what you know.
0: Yeah, definitely. Who you know. Yeah. Right. So... Let's talk a little bit about legacy, Mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of times legacy can be connected to, you know, you have a son, Mm -hmm. carry the last name, future generation, Mm -hmm. um, passing on a continuation of the family or the extension of the family tree. Right. And when you don't have children there, we, we sometimes have to think differently about who we leave our legacy to. Right. What is our legacy going to look like and be like? So right. have you thought about that? And what, what is your legacy? Right. What will be your legacy?
1: <laughs> God. I <don't> know. Um, <laughs> so I think there was a point when I genuinely, as an, you know, as an ancestor priest or a priest of ancestors, um, you realize that you need somebody to call upon your name Mm -hmm. so that you are elevated, so Mm -hmm. that you are elevated into the spiritual realm and you're there at peace, right? So um, the people who typically do that would be your children.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I have community, Mm -hmm. right? And my community has children who I hope will call upon my name and know that genuinely that at the core of who I am, I was a good person Mm -hmm. and that I brought good into the world and that I wanted not just myself, not just my family, but for our community to be healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, I lead in my, in my opinion, my, my plan, my goal, my legacy is that people know that I was willing to help and not just sit back and be the person complaining. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's my legacy, I mean, I hope that, um you know, I do that, but I have a niece who has three kids, bless her heart yeah. um, and I have a nephew okay um I have friends who have children, and I got community, so you know, I had to get past that traditional oh boy, who's going to, like, who's going to take care of me? <laughs> who's going to, like, carry on my name? And, you know, my dad's, um, my dad's name ended, ends with us because he brought three children, three female children into the world. You know, if you marry and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I, that was another one of the things I had to grieve and, mm. and release, you know, years ago because... And see it differently, mm-hmm. right? So that I, I had to grieve it, so that I could see that no, it doesn't end with me because you know, with every child, every friend of mine whose child I touched, yes, look, you mm-hmm. do good and you bring good into the world. Yep. What I, whatever I've done for you, all I ask is that you pass it along mm-hmm. to the to children beyond you. Mm-hmm. So look. <laughs> That's that's the plan. Yeah, that's the plan, and that's
0: a good plan. Right, that's a good plan. So, so as we sit in our forty-something, being fabulous, child-free, and wonderfully made, um, what would you tell a young sister, Mm -hmm. maybe twenty-five, really kind of saying for herself that she does not want children and being okay with that, but feeling the pressures of society, Mm -hmm. maybe a partner, friends that you know you need to hurry up and have a kid. Like, what
1: would you say to a sister? I mean, it, with all things that sound absolutely ludicrous, people going to say, don't do it. So, like, why would you do that? Why would you wait? Why wouldn't you just have children and get it over with? Why? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, be inquisitive, be, be open to being,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. And living. Um, I've had experiences that I would not have had had I had children, right? Because it shifts things for you, even in just how you see the world. And so, um, yeah, do you. Yeah. Do you at the end of the day? Because no one is going to be able to take on that for you, Mm -hmm. not in the way that you would. Um, And so it's more important that you live fully your life than trying to live somebody else's. Facts. Because once you have children things shift yeah and and it doesn't necessarily have to mean like it shifts in a bad way and that having children is a bad thing but if you know you don't want to have children today that might change in two years definitely yep you know so you never know but i mean live mm-hmm. 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 live live and do you live and do you do you
0: i would like to ask you any regrets or anything that you would do differently
1: hmm I probably wouldn't have given time to some of the men that I did, mm. but girl, that's a whole different episode, right? a whole different
0: podcast. <laughs>
1: but no, like genuinely, even in all my relationships that I've had with my friends, with men, with my parents, mm-hmm. with my family, with my siblings, I don't regret. I don't regret that those, those things, because they made me who I am. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm trying to be thoughtful about whether or not I would genuinely regret it. I don't think I would. Okay. Only because, like, at the end of the day, what if this is, like, my... What if this is my gift from the creator? Mm. What if this life and all the, the things that I've experienced to date were, like, divinely created for In me order. to mm-hmm. you know for me to have mm-hmm. so i probably would have cried less tears you know <laughs> what i'm saying uh-huh. i would probably work I, I would worry less mm. but um no choices and decisions that i've made to date like they brought me to this point and i'm very blessed mm-hmm. you know um no i don't have what i thought i was gonna have at 17 yeah. 18 but I have more than that, Mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't have been able to like conceive being a doctor with two initiations and, you know, just being able to like make decisions and know that, oh, I did that. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't, I don't know what else. I mean, certainly there are other options, um, that I've seen kind of play out for other people, but I'm pretty thankful and grateful for what I have. So, yeah. No regrets. Nothing you do. Just you're, you accept where you are today. Most definitely because there are times when I'm like, man, I could have had somebody's children right now. (laughs) Well, (laughs) and you know what? So true, true story. True story. There was some point in my thirties where. Those thirties, man, I tell you impactful, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maddeningly impactful. Um, But I'm thankful for them. Um, there was some point where I realized that if I had had children at 28, my children would have been in a real bad situation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just, and not that I, you know, would have abused them, but I... I'm like, who, who would have been their father? You know, just, you know, <laughs> you know, we would have to sit back and like think about the wholeness mm. of that. I'm like, oh boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. You yeah. know, because I'm like, 28. I was in a different place. <laughs> you know, I, I think a lot of us were right, in a different right. place at you that know, At 42 <laughs> and 28, those are two different places. but. No, I, I at some point I had that revelation. And I was like, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm happy I focused on me mm-hmm. and getting me, you know, constantly evolving who I am to be a better person rather than focusing on trying to have children. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, Dr. Faith, yes. I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell the audience, to tell the people mm-hmm. anything that you would like to plug, share, oh, dear. any, just anything. Yeah. Last words,
1: <laughs> a nugget drop here. A nugget drop. I have many nuggets <laughs> to drop. No. um, I think that life is genuinely it's constantly unfolding Mm -hmm. right so it's like that um the flower that's constantly like giving off new leaves like some of them have to shed Mm -hmm. right some of them have to die off but new ones are coming and to me that's what life has offered me like as time has passed I've had to kind of let go of a lot. Mm-hmm. I've had to let go of a lot of what I thought I would have had. Cause God knows my life would have been a lot different. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, the beauty in that new bud and that new leaf and that oh, man, it's just in that new petal. Like, what, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want that, mm-hmm. you know? And so just live fully. Yeah. Just live fully without fear. I got a homegirl. She gave me a pen. either last at before. It said, fuck fear. Mm-hmm. That's what I got to give to mm-hmm. the people. Mm-hmm. If I could drop a nugget, like, boom. Mike,
0: <laughs> drop. Like, Mike, drop. <laughs> fuck fear, ladies mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
1: men, if you're listening. Mm-hmm. Like, live fully. Live fully, because this is the only one we got, Like right? This one physical body is the one we have. And this here incarnation, this is the one we got right now. Mm-hmm. Live.
0: Live. That's a great note to end on. Live. Be you, do you. So thank you, Dr. Faith Troop, for talking to me and sharing your story. You're very welcome. And I want to thank everyone for listening. You have been listening to the podcast, No Bibs, Burps, Bottles, the stories of African-American women without children. I hope that you come back and join us again for future episodes. Please make sure that you rate, comment, and subscribe. And thank you, thank you, thank you. And keep living your best child-free life. Peace. You have been listening to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, a podcast dedicated to the stories of African-American women without children. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, keep living your best child-free life.